WBEZ Features is supported by Adler University, educating students to advance socially responsible practice, healthy communities, and a more just society. With degrees in psychology, counseling, public policy, and leadership. Adler.edu. Black and Latino neighborhoods in Chicago have been ravaged by the coronavirus. One of the most heavily affected is the 60623 zip code, which includes the mostly immigrant community of Little Village and the mostly black North Lawndale neighborhood. WBEZ interviewed relatives of 50 COVID-19 victims who died during the pandemic's peak in Chicago. All week, WBEZ will share their stories. Today, WBEZ's Maria Ines Samudio brings us this story from the 60623 zip code, which has the highest rate of COVID-19 cases in the city. Before the pandemic, Margarito Lucero worked in two restaurants downtown from 8 a.m. to midnight every day. Lucero lost both jobs when the city shut down. The 51-year-old found himself without income to support his family here and in Mexico. He's undocumented and doesn't qualify for any government assistance. So he went to a temp agency for work. First, he worked at a meatpacking plant and later at a factory. His wife, Candelaria Tapia, worried about his safety. Pero no me gustó desde el primer día que me dijo, ¿sabes qué? Creo que como que no me gusta. Le dije, she qué? said she didn't Le like dice, the job because her husband told her many full-time employees got infected with the virus. De Tapia says the company was calling temp workers to cover the shifts of full-time employees who had gotten COVID-19. Within weeks, her husband caught the virus. He avoided going to the hospital. He told his wife, hospitals don't care about undocumented immigrants. But on May 7th, he couldn't breathe, and he agreed to go to the hospital. Five hours later, he died. Lucero did not have any pre-existing conditions. Tapia and her daughter got the virus from him. She stayed up all night praying the virus wouldn't kill her too. She didn't want her 12-year-old daughter to be an orphan. Luché, oiga, ese espíritu es un espíritu de muerte. She said she fought for her life for a week and a half. Tapia's family lives in Little Village in the 60623 zip code. And during the first peak of the pandemic, from March to May, this area had the highest number of COVID-19 cases in the state and the second highest number of deaths in Cook County. Among the families of COVID-19 victims in this area, 70% of those surveyed by WBEC said their relatives got the coronavirus from work or from a family member who caught it at work and brought it back to their multi-generational home. WBEC found that residents in this community distrusted nearby community hospitals. Some opted for going to other hospitals if they had private insurance. The hospital that came up the most was St. Anthony. A third of the families interviewed by WBEC said their relatives died there. Hello. Hi. How are you guys doing? On a recent Tuesday morning, Dr. Alfredo Mena Lora greets nurses as he walks into the intensive care unit at St. Anthony Hospital. Mena Lora is the hospital's only infectious disease expert, and he said by the summer, the numbers had gone down. Our ICU currently has perhaps a lower percentage of patients with COVID. St. Anthony treated hundreds during the peak of the pandemic. Mena Lora said they expanded capacity from 15 to 34 ICU beds. They had a total of 19 ventilators. WBEC wanted to know similar numbers for each hospital in Chicago. We wanted to understand COVID-19 patient outcomes by hospital. 
We requested a detailed breakdown of ICU beds, ventilators, and death by hospital from both the city and the state. We were denied records. Now the station is suing. WBEZ asked a few hospitals directly to share that information. St. Anthony was the only one that responded. The hospital was struggling financially before the pandemic. St. Anthony sued the state, claiming it owed $22 million for treating patients since mid-February. And many of its patients have pre-existing conditions that can turn COVID-19 deadly. Mena Lora said the hospital felt the first COVID-19 peak. And community hospitals like ours, we reflect the community in which we exist. And I think our community was going through extremely challenging times. And as a hospital, we were hand in hand with them. Then the situation went from difficult to risky when 15 ICU nurses abruptly resigned. The hospital's chief nursing officer, Cherie Spencer, said losing those nurses was a big hit. While the hospital managed to keep the ICU fully staffed, Spencer often worried they would run out of ICU beds. One Friday night, she got a call from the ER. The nurse told her, I have maybe about eight or ten patients that's in the ER. They're presenting with COVID-like symptoms. Spencer was immediately concerned because they only had a few ICU beds available. She also worried about having enough ventilators. She called Menalora to warn him. But they got lucky. The new patients didn't need any ventilators. And we've had nights like that where it was, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? I mean, this was such an unpredictable uh, situation that we were dealing with. While St. Anthony struggled to care for COVID-19 patients, some residents suffering from the coronavirus never made it there. Interviews with family members reveal that the distrust of community hospitals was so strong that some immigrants either delayed seeking care or avoided going to the hospitals altogether. Hospital officials acknowledged the distrust, but they said it comes from the current political climate. Fernando Vera had a series of health problems that kept him in and out of the hospital for years. And it left him with many negative experiences. His daughter, Julie, remembers one in particular. Because I remember when he had his foot infection, the first thing that they wanted to do is chop off his leg. But he, my dad, he was not the type of person that he's, he's just going to agree with the first doctor. He went to another doctor and that's when he had his treatment. So when Julie's father got COVID-19, he did not want to go to the hospital. Julie didn't agree, but she didn't want to force him. She delivered food and medicine, but when she got the virus too, she couldn't check on him. So I didn't get to see him um, for three days because I was really ill. And I called my sister. He could go check on him and my and saw his window and it was on the floor, unfortunately. And my dad, unfortunately, he passed away alone. And that, she says is the most painful part about losing him. Maria Inez Amudio, WBEZ News.